What does it take to break old habits and build new, more effective ones? Welcome to another episode of Relearning Leadership, where we explore a specific leadership challenge and break it down to help improve your leadership, your organization, and even your personal life. Today, we have a roller coaster story from Crystal Mills, a regional vice president for a Canadian credit union. Like many, she attended an inspirational leadership course and was on the path to building more effective leadership behaviors until, bam, the stress of COVID brought back her dark side. How am I going to unwind four months of myself to go where I was at the start of COVID to the leader I needed to be for my team? Crystal's interview and my discussion following is with Jasmine Kernelligan, a leadership coach engaged with Crystal throughout her habit journey. Following, I joined Jasmine to discuss the power and the pitfalls of habits and how, as leaders, to build new, more effective ones. I'm your host, Pete Behrens, founder of the Agile Leadership Journey and 30-year veteran in corporate leadership, both as a leader myself and in guiding other leaders. Thanks for joining our journey of relearning leadership. Let's dive in with Jasmine and Crystal. Hey, Crystal, how's it going? Hey, Jazz, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I just wanted to say welcome. Thank you. You might not be thanking me by the end. It's my first podcast, and I'm not totally sure what you can expect or anybody else listening. So best of luck to you as we move forward today. Oh, come on. It's going to be awesome. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about was let's hear about a simple change that you made coming out of our education session. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) And I I think that was one of the big things coming out of the session and and the course was you can't take, you could take everything, but it has to be in the bite-sized pieces and where I really wanted to focus. And I think there was components that I had. Maybe I wasn't calling it what it was at some point. Mm -hmm. But really what I took away is, is, was to be very intentional with my learnings. And I wanted to share the insights with my team and my peers and those that didn't have the opportunity to um, attend or go through the session at the same time I did. But also about, you know, the shifting of mindset. So where did that take me? What does that mean? What do I need from them? Excellent. So it sounds like a real focus on um, being intentional about seeking feedback and using it from your team. So you're practicing that coming out of um, our learning session. How did that go? How did they respond to that? Uh, Completely confused. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think it was one of those sessions jazz or one of those courses that that I've taken that just really, really resonated. Mm. I think there were components of, yeah, I do that quite often or frequently. Oh, God. Yeah, totally. I apply expert leadership at times. And that that sings to me over here. And yes, I do think that I have catalyst behaviors. So when I went to my team, and I said, "What? here's all the wonderful things I've learned. Here's what (laughs) I need your help with. They all looked at me and said, Okay, you're crazy. But sure, we'll jump on board with you. And the more that I started to do these things, the more I had comments from my team come back saying, you know what, like you've changed, like there's some things that you're doing totally different than what you've done in the past or that you've done before. So the changes started to take hold, not super different from how I led before, but I would definitely say more cohesive. Yeah, that's quite typical. Can you share with us what habit you were trying to form? 
I really want to create the environment for thinking. And, you know, as we talked about heroic leadership and we talked about those things is I don't want to be that for them and for myself. I don't, I don't want to be that. And so I am leading with intent. I'm trying to create this environment for thinking with my team and creating that real independence is if you were to make that decision with me standing behind you or the CEO of the company standing behind you, you know, what's the decision you would make? How do you think through it? And, you know, there's there's more options uh, to go through than just, you know, kind of the straight linear path. And that's where I'd say we're really starting to have better and deeper conversations as a team is I do well coaching. I love coaching. It's one of my favorite things. And I do take pride in my coaching abilities. And now how do I take those coaching abilities and practices, not during every conversation, but also lead with intent and bring those questions to the table without, you know, just circling questions, but coming with some type of outcome or at least some small experiment or, you know, some type of controlled environment of what we want to try. And that for me is, is really big is be brave and be bold and and go ahead and, and celebrate your failures. What did you learn? That's great. So really helping them find their way and think and giving them uh, the intention behind your thinking behind what you're doing. Those were kind of the habits that you're trying to build around with your team. Now, talk to me about, I know we had a conversation um, post the first uh, COVID lockdown and you felt that COVID had derailed you. Can you talk to the audience a little bit about that? What happened? <laughs> some, some really proud moments and not some proud moments, I guess you could <laughs> say, during COVID. If nothing else, it, there was really a lot of good things that came out of it for learnings for me as an individual, for learnings for me, you know, as a leader. Mm -hmm. And I would say where the derailment happened is I felt like I had really caught on and, and was really working, you know, diligently on building this, this legacy with my team and, you know, a tidal wave and this unstoppable ship and COVID hit. I think we all know the stories about how quickly the decisions were being made in any organization or just even looking at, you know, our country, how quickly things changed and decisions were made and the confusion behind them. And so you're working in this chaotic environment and then add on, you know, that those higher levels of stress because it actually had to do with people's safety and health. At some point, it was just, no, there calls for a different style of leadership here. And it really, really moved into, it wasn't even expert or achiever. It was really authoritative and directional. Mm. That was a default behavior. Uh, don't, don't do as I do, just do what I say and don't ask questions. Right. I started thinking about things. And as I reflected on my own mid-year review with my leader, it was really, really evident our teams started to get into the robot state of not asking questions and just forging ahead. And for me, it was like, oh my God, what are we doing? How am I going to unwind four months of myself to go where I was at the start of COVID to the leader I needed to be for my team? I had to push the pause button. I probably could have done that earlier and I didn't. And that's, that's really big um, self-reflection and hindsight for me. Excellent. That's such a great learning, right? Becoming aware that you have to hit the reset button. Like, when is that? What does that look like? How do I realize that I have to hit the reset button? Um, so important. So thanks for sharing that. Now, tell me, um, this is a hard question, but I, I would love to dive into it with you. What is one thing 
that you learned or you relearned about yourself? The one thing I did learn about me, though, is my defensive mechanisms definitely went up. And when I think of all those, you know, those cognitive threats, um, you know, really those scarf triggers really, you know, I had answered the survey and it showed that I had like relatedness and fairness were my top two. And over time, I don't think it's either one of those. I think autonomy for me is the is the real trigger and the ability to be the decision maker and have the autonomy to make the decisions and, you know, really more so control. And I think control was something that that really kind of caught me off guard. And I had a reaction to it. Every stress of COVID, every decision we made, everything that took place for us protecting our teams and members and whatnot, I said, but then this one little small thing just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I had a little bit of a non-emotion. Well, it was a very, it was an emotional reaction to it. Um, and that it was, it was just a trigger for me. And it's taken me probably until just recently here in my year end review that I really came to the conclusion. That it was about control. Mm-hmm. When everything feels out of control, right? Yes. We need to create that certainty. And it's interesting because um, so many leaders that I've worked with over the past few months have said, yeah, have had similar experiences, Crystal. You know, they're, they're saying, oh, I slipped back into my defaults. I felt so threatened by what I was going through um, that I slipped all the way back and farther even, <laughs> you know, than I ever thought. Or I did things that I just would never have done. And some of it is, let's face it, we're in a situation we've never been in. So one one thing I wonder about is, what are some words of wisdom that you have for these other leaders? You know, I wouldn't even call them words of wisdom. I would call them just from my experience is you have to want to change your behavior. And And for me, I think that's a big thing. I think when it comes to habits, and I don't think you even need to lead, you don't need to lead team. Like I think that that what I've learned about this as well is there's a lot of self-leadership in this too. And if you're open to changing your ways and your thinking and your mindset, Mm -hmm. not everything's going to resonate 100% of the time. I mean, I refer to my books, I refer to my notes, I refer to my coaching frequently and often with my team. And I think that you have to start with you first and really just kind of take it from there and be brave and courageous of where it may go. Yeah. Awesome. Be intentional, leverage feedback, find a buddy, you know, have people help you. You need the allies, right? You need that person who's going to tell you that wasn't great. Here's how you could have done that differently. Or here's, you know, here's how I saw that when you did that. Thanks so much, Crystal, for our conversation. It was wonderful to catch up with you. Great to know, you know, what you're still working on and uh, what your team is working on as well along the way. So thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks, Jazz. Fabulous. Um, If I may do a shameless plug, um, Mm -hmm. not because anybody's asked me to, but, you know, I know I've had really great experiences with you, not just from the session, but then going through um, the leadership agility, um, 360, all of those types of things. And I've had really great connections with you. Honestly, it's been over, over a year now since I met you and we've continued on our, our relationship. And for anybody out there, I I really want to give you a shout out because 
I love your style. I love the way that you deliver, how easy you pick up on cues and, uh, you know, you connect it back for people. And what I also love is you call people on their stuff. And when you hear it, mm. you go right in after it in, in the most safest, um, confidence building way. And I have taken so much out of it. And so I'm glad to have been invited today to share with others. And I really hope that time um, you continue on with this, which I think you will, and that I still have access to in the future. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Crystal, for that. That was so kind of you. So great to have you. And let's chat soon. I now want to welcome Jasmine Kernelligan, who's not only a colleague and a friend, she's a nerd at heart, connecting leadership and science. She's discovered that we are often constrained in paradoxes and puzzles that we can solve if only we could see them. Today, she mobilizes as Chief Disruptor at AMP Coaching and Consulting and Head of Leadership Development for the Agile Innovation Lab at Boston University. She creates clarity and enables leaders and organizations to become more adaptive and be their best. Please join me in welcoming our Canadian friend to the stage, Jasmine. Thanks, Pete, so much for having me. Great to have you here. And, and what a beautiful tribute Crystal shared uh, on the impact you made to her as a leader. How does that make you feel? Oh, I thought that was awesome. Crystal is just such a good human being. And, <laughs> you know, we've done some coaching together. Um, we've taken their whole organization on the leadership journey. And that was just fantastic to reconnect with her. I want to get into Crystal's story, but, but maybe let's take just a step back and let's talk a little bit about habits. Why are habits something we should even care about? It's so important to think about habits because your habits really create who you are. They're the foundation of your behavior. They're the things that take you to wherever you're going. I love to ask people, you know, how many decisions do you think you make in a day? And people might answer a couple hundred or 700. Uh, it's usually in that type of range. When in fact, as human beings, we make about 35,000 decisions a day, 35,000. And of those only, you know, 10% or less are actually conscious decisions about what we're doing. So habits are super important because <laughs> they're the 90%, right? They're the 90% um, of autopilot that's carrying you wherever you're going. So, so I can imagine then as, as leaders, when I'm thinking about these habits, and I can't envision even 35,000 decisions I make a day, and mm -hmm. obviously many of those are probably, you know, walking, standing, drinking my coffee. Mm -hmm. But my guess is there's a lot of those habits that really signify who I am as a leader and how I'm showing up in meetings and, you know, how do I engage with you? I can imagine there's probably a lot of habits in relation to others. Yes, absolutely. So when you're interacting with the members of your team, for example, how are you beginning those interactions? Even your habits around um, how are you thinking? How are you preparing for those interactions? That determines ultimately what transpires in those conversations, how the conversation goes, what your typical response is, um, how you respond when they respond a certain way. All of those things really drive how you show up as a leader and how you're received. So it sounds like in working with Crystal, um, you were probably exploring a little bit of some of those, some of her habits. And so as you work with someone like her, how do you start to expose or shine a light on those dark spots that we just don't see? 
Yeah, some of the things that Crystal did were really useful. She um she was really active in seeking a lot of feedback. So asking for feedback in small bites from her team so that she could understand what they were thinking and understanding how she was actually being received. So am I being received in the way that I want in order to create the behavior or the thinking or whatever it is that I'm looking for from my team? I can imagine it's hard for people to ask for feedback. Is there anything leaders can do on their own? Yeah, absolutely. And I would always encourage people to do a combination of different things. Try different things. Try, you know, if you're getting feedback, get feedback from different people. But in terms of doing this yourself and initiating the process yourself, it's a little bit more tricky um, because, of course, your judgment of yourself is always quite different than the judgment of others. Mm. But what I would suggest is really considering is what I'm doing working for me? Is what I'm doing actually creating the result that I'm looking for? If not, what's my reflection on my behavior and what's it creating in these other people? Because we know that our teams will mirror us as leaders, right? So if I'm seeing chaos, that means I'm creating chaos as well. <laughs> it's hard to look in the mirror sometimes, right? Yes. Uh, or yes, it's a, it's a challenge. I, I recall um, a couple summers ago, I, I had run a 360 on myself. And, and you mm -hmm. know, it was interesting. One comment still sticks out to me from one of my managing partners. And, and that is, you know, I had this intent in one sense of what I was doing when I was hiring somebody. And he just flipped it around on me and said, yeah, your intent was to seek input, but you already made up your mind. And it was just like, bam. It was like that, that, that feedback was just like in my face, like, oh my gosh, I just, I had a total blind spot in, in what I was thinking at that moment and what I thought was coming across as curiosity and openness. And he perceived that as just, no, it was rhetorical. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah, I mean, you're not alone there. That happens so many times. That's happened to me as well, right? Oh, I thought that I was doing A, but actually it was B. Or I was just trying to get people moving. Well, my way on my bus down my road. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right. So, so we obviously we have some pitfalls of self analysis and maybe 360s can help. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but it sounds like some much inform, more informal 360s are just to kind of ask, uh, uh, others. So, so in Crystal's lens here, talk to, talk to us a little bit about her, her habit, uh, specifically and what was it that she was trying to do here in terms of improving the dynamics with her team? Mm hmm. So in her case, one thing that she did really well, which a lot of leaders um, take a little bit of a wrong turn in habits, is sometimes people will focus on what they don't want. So I want to not speak as much in meetings, or mm -hmm. I want to stop doing this or that. In fact, oftentimes you get the opposite result because um, you're actually connecting more and more to that behavior you want to stop. So one thing she did really well was focus on the behavior she wanted to do, which was more feedback, uh, focus on outcomes, get the team more involved, get them talking more. Um, so that's really what she focused on was instead of, you know, me jumping in, I will wait until a few people have gone or wait for the team to speak or ask them a question rather than making a statement. That's interesting. So so the the concept of focusing on a stopping creates more focus 
on the thing you're trying to stop, which makes it harder to stop in a sense or uh, more difficult. And maybe that's why, you know, a lot of people really appreciate when I tell one of my stories, uh, which is, you know, in meetings, you know, I'll have a tendency to talk too much. And so one of my practices was to, instead of talking, to write down. And I guess that follows in your realm of replace a habit. Don't try to stop a habit. And and people often provide feedback that that's very helpful. Yeah, exactly. That's such a, it's such a useful technique. When you try to stop something, you kind of give it a dead end. So you actually just kind of bounce off the wall. You're trying to stop something. It doesn't know what to do next. Instead of that, if you can think about something that you want to replace with something else, then you give yourself somewhere to go. So instead of bouncing off that wall, you can just take a left turn and try something else. The key is to go small, super, super small when you're trying out those new things. Yeah. Can you give us maybe an example of, of what would be a, a real small step or something maybe that Krista was doing that was a real small step that helped her? Asking for feedback is an easy example. So instead of asking for all the feedback, asking for one thing or going to one person and asking for one thing rather than serving your entire team or serving your team on all the meetings, you know, what's one meeting that you have that if you improved it, it would really make a change. What's one thing in that one meeting that you could do? Another example um, that I love to use is a coaching client that I had was um, she was having trouble sleeping. And we know that sleep is super important. And she decided to try different things as a wind down routine. One of the things that she tried was journaling. And at first she went into this thinking, yeah, journaling's kind of dumb. That's not really me, but I'll try it out. So she was going to initially try it out for a long period of time, like 20 minutes I'll journal. Too big, way too big. What's half of that? 10 minutes, still too big. So what we started at was two minutes. So she would lay out her clothes, make her lunch, grab a cup of tea, sit down in the living room and journal for two minutes with a timer. And that grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And about six weeks later, we're having a coaching conversation and she's telling me, yeah, so here's what I'm doing with this. And I guess I'm a writer now. And she just keeps talking. <laughs> like, you are a writer. What happened? So she just built this tiny habit over time and she shifted herself without even realizing it until she said that out loud and I gave it back to her. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I, I think people, you know, um, hesitate on on change because it feels big. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is we can break it down, not necessarily a small behavior, but maybe even just a small focal lens of what you're going to journal on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just journal on a single meeting or journal on a single behavior. Mm -hmm. So, so it sounds like, you know, your story got into COVID a bit with Crystal and, and COVID, you know, obviously has been a huge shakeup to most of us. And, and it sounds like in her world, it was, it, it shook her habits or at least her newly forming habits back to some old ways. Can you describe what's going on there or, and, and how people might be able to relate to that? Yeah, for sure. This is a good example of what stress does to you. So she's forming new habits. And habits, there used to be an old rule, you know, 21 days to form a new habit. And we know that that varies depending on the habit that you're trying to form. It could be just a few times and it sticks, or it could be a few hundred times and it sticks. Depends on the complexity. So in her case, she's trying to form these new habits. They're pretty complex. Um, they're changing her own behavior and her interactions with her team, which is great. 
Then she has this huge stress, which is COVID. And like any of us under stress, you typically go back to your defaults. So you're trying to control the things that are out of control and you go back to your defaults. And sometimes we actually slip even farther back than our initial default stance. So your brain is in threat mode. You're trying to survive and you go all the way back to the start. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, do we recognize it? Are we able to know we're going back? And then number two, what can we do about it? So what are some maybe things leaders can think about if they're feeling that stress or, or how can they connect to that, knowing that, that this might be happening? Ultimately, you have to create awareness right before you can do anything about it. If you're not aware, you're just an autopilot doing your thing. So awareness is critical. And the question is how to create that. A leader might create that awareness by always having something that reminds them of the behavior that they want. And then, you know, being able to spot that in themselves. Oh, I'm actually sliding back or, oh, I did this. And that's the opposite of what I was trying to do. The other way to create awareness, honestly, is to have your allies help you create awareness for yourself. So, you know, having those couple of team members who are willing to step up and say, hey, I know that you were practicing this, but here's what actually happened to me in that meeting. I don't know if that's what you intended. It's all about creating awareness. So whether you have a reminder that helps you do that individually, or you have other people or other cues in the environment. Yeah, I like I like the uh, in the moment reminders. You know those those teammates who are are willing to kind of call you out. I, I recall a situation I was teaching, and uh, you know I was using too much he, uh, male language in my teaching mm -hmm. of of leadership, and uh, my partner Jana was willing to to join me in classes and call me out in real time and raise her hand like Pete, that was a he, <laughs> and how how, you know, impactful that was, how quickly impactful that was. And now it's something that I do for others. I'm able to just kind of like, wait a second, that's, that's he language. And, and, and yeah, so I can see where telling others can be such a powerful, powerful force um, in, in your own, in your own journey. So, so as we maybe just take a step back then, and, and maybe using Crystal's story as, as kind of a lens here, is there anything you kind of you relearned uh, about about habits or 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 um, you know what leaders can do about them? What what jumps out to you the most as far as the key takeaway here for Crystal? I think part of um, maybe both of our biggest learning is how easy it is to slip back under stress. You know when you're when you're really in the thick of it, things are happening that you jump right back into that um, default mode of operation and go, and that it takes a bit. Uh, to press pause and then relearn, you know, in that moment, relearn, oh, hey, I want to do something different here. What was that? Okay. And then just to remember that when you fall off, just to take that first teeny tiny step to get back on, it doesn't have to be all the way back to where you were. Just what's the first tiniest, most ridiculously small step that you can think of um, to start back in that same direction that you were already in. And so that's what she's done. And she's back on the path. And so is her team. You know, I talk about this often, celebrate the awareness as much mm -hmm. as the competency. And if, if you can kind of praise yourself that you became aware, whether it was in the moment, maybe soon after, 
that's something to kind of reward yourself with. And I think if you can do that, you can kind of then start to think about what do I do and how do I respond and how do I improve from this? Because those awareness moments happen probably more frequently. Yeah, that's exactly it. So just, you know, being thankful in the moment that that happened, or even if it happens after, (laughs) you know, how can I back up that awareness to become aware sooner? What are the, you know, things that I need closer to me to remind me of the behavior that I want to create? and um, go from there. Awesome. Awesome. Great advice. Well, thank you, Jasmine, for joining us today. Appreciate your contribution to our show. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. What did you relearn from Crystal's roller coaster ride? For me, there were three clear takeaways. First, hack in. If we're not aware of our habits, we're relegated to accidental leadership. Your leadership will be on autopilot running code from last year. Second, start small and then go smaller. Micro-focus your habits and build from there. For me, the habit of riding my bike only requires that I put on my bike clothes and the rest will follow. And third, phone a friend. Enlist others to help you. Call you out in real time and be truthful to you. It's too easy to look the other way, to close your eyes, to lie to yourself. I'm Pete Behrens. Thank you for joining us today. Relearning Leadership is the official podcast of the Agile Leadership Journey. It's hosted by me, Pete Behrens, with analysis from our Global Guide community. It's produced by Gabe Gerzon and David Reamer with Matter Communications. Art design by Nicole Bedard. Music by Joy Zimmerman with editing by Ryan Dugan. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. And to relearn more about your own leadership, visit us at agileleadershipjourney.com.